Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Nearly half of all K-12 public school students are attending schools virtually, which is changing consumer spending, family life, and work for tens of millions of Americans. On today's show, I'm speaking with Dennis Roach, co-founder of Burbio, a data service that aggregates and measures community life. They've built a school opening tracker that provides daily updates across all 3,000 U.S. counties by school district. This details the learning plans, whether that's virtual, hybrid, or traditional in-person. The service also projects future changes and offers insights into marketing to families during COVID. We're going to talk about Burbio's data, the implications of that data, and why the data is so valuable for your business. So let's get after it. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fred. So can you tell us the Burbio founder story? Where did this idea start uh, for you and Julie? So my wife and I uh, have four children, and my career had been in new media and startups. You and I had worked together for many years. And Julie had spent years in marketing and market research and had been an applied math major in college. And with four children a few years ago, we were exclaiming, I think I was cursing, about how hard it was to figure out what was going on in our town, school events, community events, library events. It was very manual. I described it like 1998. You would write things down. So no one had ever digitized community event information. There's lots of ways to buy tickets, sports and movies and things like that. But no one had ever really said, all right, if you really wanted to go to one place and find out what was going on in your town and keep it automatically up to date, could you do that? And so we built a technology that currently pulls in over 200,000 school and community calendars from all across the United States. And when things change on the source site, it changes on Burbio. We rolled out, we have a consumer service, and we also have a content subscription service where our information can be found in Office 365. You can sync to your school calendar. We work with radio stations and TV stations. We also work with real estate firms, all of whom use community event information. So when COVID hit, and for a moment there, all our information went dark because everything was canceled. It also then came back and started becoming virtual. But we started to build tools for essentially for business intelligence because there was now a new segment of business that was open to us as to how to help companies understand what was going on locally. So let's look into that data a bit. What, what implications does this have when you're thinking about it uh, from the business standpoint, right? Obviously, it's showing, we all know how it's impacting us on the family life and work, but maybe consumer spending. Can you, can you expand on the value of it? Yeah, so what happened is, you know, so every business had their own sort of thud moment, like in the two to three weeks post-national shutdown. And ours was... The lights went out across 200,000 community calendars and event calendars. and But at the same time, the way our system is built, when things started turning back on, we could tell. So the first thing we started to do was build a way to tell whether there were virtual events going on, because that could be of service to our partners. And then we started to be able to tell and filter as to whether they were actually live in-person events. So the reason for that, the reason why that's important is it's a measure of local economic life. So we built two indexes. The first one was around government library and community events, 
where you can tell whether local organizations are allowing people to do things in person. And we ended up working with some investors on that. We were covered in the press a bit. And we got calls from investors who were trying to read, hey, and these were investors in things like the energy industry, uh, in particular, retail, consumer goods, trying to figure out, are people getting out of their house? Because that's going to be a signal for economic life. And a lot of the signals that these people were, t- that these decision makers typically used, uh, we were either not giving off any information post COVID or as COVID locked down the country, or frankly, we're giving off decision uh, signals that were not as valuable or as interesting as they were in a pre COVID world. So we built that for schools and community, for community events rather. And then we said, all right, school's going to start again in the fall. Let's try and figure out a way to measure school openings because schools are really very big. It affects whether, you know, how families spend. Are people able to work? Because in the fall, parents could, in the spring, rather, parents could not uh, go to work if they're if they had a fourth grader at home on a virtual uh, screen taking school. So we started to build that out, and the, and the key issue was to measure whether schools were in person, virtual, or hybrid. So we built that. And can you share where that is uh, today, just in terms of the, the data? Is it, I know when we first talked about this, it was around 50% were virtual. Yeah, so so it's actually now moved a little below 50% virtual. So what we do is we have a team of people who had built out our 200,000 school data sources, and we deployed that team to audit school learning plans across the country. And we built it at the county level. Many districts across the country have uh, a one school per county, and then there's others where there's a mix, and we would audit the mix to find out what was going on. And when we launched it in early August, we were showing that about 52% of all American students, K through 12, would be attending virtual-only schools. And that was based on announced plans or plans that were happening. And when I say announced, it was a press release, it was an announcement on a website. And over the course of August, it actually shifted to slightly over 60% virtual. Because you had major districts, Hawaii, Boston, big parts of the Midwest, big parts of New Jersey, where they reversed plans because of fears around COVID, logistical planning, things like that. So it went as high as 61% at Labor Day. Since then, and I'm speaking to you now in the middle of October, in the previous six weeks, we've seen it shift back now. And now it's roughly about 44% uh, virtual. So it's dropped a lot. And when, when I say that, I mean 44% of all K through 12 students are attending schools that are virtual only. They can't go to school in class. Um, and it tends to be concentrated in certain parts of the country, California, Washington, Oregon, and then around the D.C. area. Those are the most extreme. And then pockets of the Midwest. And then the rest of the country, it offers either traditional, which is every day, or hybrid. And every school offers virtual. So some of the students who go to schools that they can attend or who attend schools where they could go every day have chosen not to. So there's a little bit of that mixed in. Interesting. So how would a brand, like if I'm, you know, I'm an exec at General Mills, right? How do they utilize Burbio? What's, how do they engage with you and, and what's the upside for them? So this, the expression is sort of second back to school. So when, when people don't leave, you know, there was a CNBC story that cited our data and it was in uh, about a month ago and it was next to quotes from the CEOs of Walmart, Target and Kohl's all talking about, now pockets of their business, to be clear, have done quite well during COVID, but they were all quoted as saying that their back to school segment was down and it was because of the increasing virtual learning. 
So what we're finding is we work with brands and we're working with several of them. They are looking at our data, which includes projections because many of the districts that are currently virtual only have a plan to go back in person. And you can time, you can look at places that have already opened and what you sold. And you could say, okay, on this date in the districts that are closed, Currently, uh, when they do open, we will see this sort of activity. So you can start to do your planning. And again, this expression is second back to school. You know, in the whole state of California, there really was not a traditional back to school because they didn't go into the classroom. And eventually there will be over the course of the next, you know, one to three months where they will get students back in the classroom. So, so what we're doing is we're very specifically going and we can go county by county, district by district. We can break it out to work with packaged goods companies in particular who work with their top accounts to work on supply chain management. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's really interesting. How traditionally, because um, I'm also thinking, you know, once as COVID hopefully subsides, obviously this is the core focus, how do these companies utilize Burbio when it's not about the school tracker? So our database consists of over 80,000 K through 12 school calendars and school districts across the country. It's the overwhelming, it's in the high 90s in terms of the student body that we can touch with our data. And school activities vary wildly across the country. In a non-COVID world, school starts in early August in Florida and after Labor Day, up in New England. If you are a retailer, you don't want to be stocking the same thing at the same time in those two places. If you are a seller of back-to-school products, you want to time your distribution. If you're an advertiser and you want to time advertising digitally, you want to do it to consumers in different places at different times. In our experience, this information is remarkably under-leveraged no one has ever digitized it. We digitized it for the wrong reasons, if you will, because I was aggravated at my local school for not communicating properly. But uh, then again, it was like, wait a minute, this, this information is not integrated into decision-making as it should be because it's an enormous, I mean, back to school on Christmas, back to school on holidays are far and away the two biggest selling periods in the American economy. And this information was, and everyone knows when Christmas is, but school itself changes wildly in different parts of the country. And so this allows you to manage that. And certainly as we head into next fall, this just occurred to me the other day, we all live in this COVID world where every couple of days you're trying to get your bearings. Typically schools will put their following year calendar on the date. So it'll be like February of the previous year and the school will say, okay, we're going to start school next August 20th. I'm making that up. I don't think that's going to happen this year because so many of these districts are overwhelmed with the current learning plans they're trying to deploy. I think you're going to see a much later scheduling for when they're even bringing kids back, students back in the classroom next fall. So everything is still scrambled, which makes this information even more valuable in terms of how you market Quick insight, unique data sets like what Burbio provides give customer-centric insights that when leveraged quickly can result in huge competitive advantages and growth opportunities. If you've ever read Ray Dalio's book, Principles, it's his mastery of this big data that sets his firm apart. So you and I have known each other for a long time. We've been in the trenches together at, at a couple different you know, scrappy startups that we've run. Why should these large companies be looking to partner with 
early stage companies like you. And I ask that because, you know, a lot of times they say, oh, well, we've got all the, you know, we're paying all these giant research houses. Uh, you know, we, we get our data from different places. What's the advantage of a big company looking towards uh, someone early coming up and why can't they build this themselves? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, my wife, I referenced her earlier. She runs our technology and our product. And the insight, and I told you our origination story, the insight for us to solve this problem was as parents essentially living in the suburbs conceptually. The solution works everywhere. But we were able to see a problem that you were not, that a lot of digital innovators who often tend to live in urban areas and may not have children don't see. So we were able to build that. And we have obviously been in the workforce for quite some time. And essentially what's happening now across the digital industry is the importance of data. Even if you have a very, very specific data source, and obviously we believe very strongly in the power of school and community event information, but let's not get too excited, right? It's just a very specific data source. You can then distribute that in ways that are completely unique. And so for us, I think one of the things that marketers are doing, and you have things like you know Amazon Web Services and Snowflake and Microsoft, you have all these different ways to access and integrate data in the last that's exploding. It's a way to do that. So partnering with companies like ours, even if it's just a very specific piece of information, is very, very important. So Dennis, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, looking out into the future a bit, how do you see this the situation evolving? And what role is Burbio going to play in the you know, local community? Uh, and what's your sort of longer term strategy and aspirations for Burbio? So, you know, we, as I said earlier, we work with local media companies, we work with digital platforms, we work with real estate firms, we work with business intelligence. Our, we like to think of ourselves as sort of the Bloomberg for community events or the AccuWeather for community events. This is information that can be used for consumer information and engagement. It can be used for business decision making. And really, like any data as a service, the more places we put the data, the more valuable it can get because we can see what it can do. So really, our goal is when we talk to partners, it's about getting the information in whatever their ecosystem is and seeing how it combines and behaves with other. Smart cities is another good example of a place that we think this is very important. So basically, our information is our goal is to have this, the information be ubiquitous and us be the primary source of not just receiving it, but also being able to apply it intelligently. So how can people get in touch with you or learn more about Burbio and uh, the tracker? Dennis at Burbio.com is my email, Dennis with two N's. And then if you go to Burbio.com and you click on School Tracker, which is on the main homepage, that's our consumer site, but you click on School Tracker, which is on the page, you can get to the page and, and take a look at it. We also have a community tracker you can surf to. And then Dennis at Burbio is the way we uh, can reach me to get at burbio.com to get more questions answered. Awesome. Well, Dennis, thank you for uh, the insight and taking the time to share with us. Thanks, Fred. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe as you will not want to miss our next episode with the CMO of MIMO, Moshi Ice Cream, Russell Barnett. Russell is one of the most creative and recognized marketing executives in the world with deep experience in category creating food and beverage items. He's on the CMO Next list, led marketing for Mike's Hard Lemonade, Pop Chips, Kavita. He is an absolute tour de force of creative ideas and energy. 
Also, what guests do you want us to have on next? Is there a new startup or corporate visionary that you're excited about? Shoot us a note at VentureFuel on LinkedIn as we'd love to hear from you. Until next time.